Hi, friends. My name's Adam. You know, in the uh, show promo, I had said to call me Duke or Mad. But then I thought about it, and I just thought, I'm going to use my real name. I don't care who knows that I smoke weed. That's right. I smoke weed because it does my body good in just about every possible way that it could. And if you're here, it means that you probably feel the same way, and I'm excited to have you. This show's going to be full of great interviews, fun segments, and honestly, I'm kind of looking at it as a way to just have, like, a session with a bunch of friends. So, why don't you join me, spark up, whatever you do, however you're using, double tap, PuffGo users, you know. Let's have some fun. So on today's episode, we actually have um, a guest named Riley Kirk. She is the Cannabichem on socials. You can find her stuff linked in the show notes below. She is a chemist uh, who works in the field of cannabis, obviously, and it's really great. She, her, her content is really great on, on her socials. She really believes in, um, you know, that everybody should be able to access this knowledge of cannabis. And as we discuss in the interview, there's a large learning curve for new people who are into cannabis or maybe users who are wanting to get a bit more serious. But before we get into this interview, um, hi, my name's Adam. Um, I am a stoner and proud to say it. Uh, I'm a productive stoner. I, I get out there and try and get shit done. Um, but I also recognize that this plant is awesome and I just wouldn't be the same without it. This is a show I've been working on for the last year or so. Uh, I've had um, an Instagram account going and it's just kind of a way for me to document ideas and do stoner shit. Um, again, you can find all of that information in our show notes if you check there. Uh, but hi friends pod on Instagram and hi dot friends on TikTok. I'm not a Twitter user. Should I be on Twitter? Let me know. Hey, the show's gonna be focusing on the fun and the science of cannabis. So whether you're just a stoner that likes to get stoned, um, or you're somebody who's a longtime medical patient, we want you here. Um, if you're a stoner that just likes to get stoned, I hope that you learn uh, some stuff to maybe be more intentional with your usage. And if you're a medical user, I hope you learn a lot about how this can continue to help you be the best you. I know that sounds so like self-helpy and I hate that it sounds that way, but that's kind of how I view cannabis. It's, it's like a daily supplement for me. It makes me feel good. Um, a little about me. I got into cannabis only two years ago at the age of 32 after a diabetes diagnosis and neuropathy that had taken away feeling from my feet. Uh, and it just changed my life. It, 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 uh, we talk about it today on the, in the interview with Riley. It, it became my new gospel and, and just made me a better person. So I'm really excited to get into the interview, as you can tell, because I keep alluding to it. Um, but we're going to have fun things. We're going to have like a strange shootout. We're going to have um, different segments. You'll hear one at the end of today's show called A Time You Took the High Road. Um, a lot, lot of fun stuff. And we're going to have a lot of guests and a lot of good buds come through. Um, and I've, I, we've just got so much stuff uh, planned for you. And, I, and I'm really, really excited to get to it. So I'll stop blabbering here in a little bit. Do us a favor, leave us a review and a rating. However you're able to do that, whatever app you're using, if you have that option, that would be huge for us. Um, here is me and Riley Kirk talking. I think you're really going to dig this. I had a great time talking with her. Here's me and Riley. Some The powers that be, it seem, have just decided now is the time to start it and actually doing it. So welcome uh, to the first episode. Thank you for being our guest. Could you tell everybody a little bit about you? 
Yeah, totally. I am stoked to be here and especially on the first episode, I feel super special. So uh, my name is Riley Kirk. Um, I do have my PhD in pharmaceutical sciences and I specialize in natural product chemistry. So studying the compounds that nature makes and how we can use them as medicine. And in you know more recent years, I've been really focusing on cannabis and cannabis education and trying to educate consumers about cannabis through social media platforms like TikTok and Instagram and podcasts. I, I want to jump right into that part of it. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. I think it's so interesting that that you are somebody who, like me and many other people, have have figured out that social media is a great way to introduce people um, to the more serious, serious is not the right word, but the more scientific side of cannabis. Um, but I want to touch on right away how complicated that must be uh, because there are so many like restrictions that are blatant and unspoken restrictions so how like first why do you suddenly decide this is the way to do it even though it's a fucking minefield um and how have you navigated that minefield yeah so i actually started making content during like the pandemic when it started and the reason I started doing it is at the time I was in academia and there was a cannabis course that was starting there. I was helping TA it and which is teaching assistant. So I was just kind of helping with the course, but I was just, I, I was super frustrated to know that people were charging like almost $10,000 for this information. And I was like, this should be available to everyone. This is like, you could just Google this and get this information, but we need to make it more accessible. And, you know, I wasn't copying the content by any means. I was just like, oh my gosh, I should make this kind of information available to more people. So at that time, TikTok still had a terrible reputation. It was just, you know, teenagers dancing and there really wasn't any educational <laughs> component of it. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a go. And my first, what did he, it used to be called like, is it musically? I think it was musically, musically. turned into TikTok yeah. and it was still like that weird transitional stage. Yeah. Which honestly, the dancing videos are great. I still enjoy them, but I was like, is <laughs> anybody going to listen to me talk about the signs behind cannabis? And then, you know, I, I posted one video and I looked back on my phone the next day and it had like 200,000 views. And I was like, Cool. Wow. People care. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so that was good. Uh, well, it's, it's also just great to know that like stoners care beyond, because like the thing that I try to move people beyond, and we talked about this a little bit in our email communications is just like, we need to get beyond just weed makes me feel good. You know, like it's, it's gotta be more than just Tarzan kind of language of like, it, it feel good to do this. You know, like we, we have to, I think it's really important to understand why does this feel good and are there ways that we can make it feel better and things like that. I just, I love what you're doing. Oh, I, I appreciate it. And you know, there's so many different conditions that people use cannabis for and the same product is not going to work for every different person with every different condition. So the more we can talk about uh, the medicine behind it, the more we can get people to use with more intention and use less aggressively. Oh, so intention. Yeah. I love that you said intention. So it's like a sustainable approach to medicine because overdoing THC every single day throughout the day is not a su sustainable approach to medicine. And we need to really make sure that people are setting themselves up for success and not for failure. Yeah. Well, let's, before we, we dive too much into the science side, let's talk a little bit about the fun side. Um, I, I think that you, you did, you have said, and you said to me in your emails um, that you, you like approaching it from the stoner side with the science and everything. So would you call yourself a stoner? Oh, absolutely. So I, I mean, I've been a pretty classic stoner since I was 14. Like I, I smoked weed for the okay. first time at 14 and I've never stopped. I've, I, I love it. But at the same time, I am someone who I mentioned, like I do use with intention and I don't use like all day throughout the day and, you know, just try to like medicate myself constantly, but I'm using at like low doses throughout the day. I'll smoke at night. Um, and also I never even answered your censorship question. So I should answer that too. But um, I do think, I think a lot of issues with uh, education in general, and again, this comes back from the academic approach to it, is 
the classic stoner doesn't really want to listen to somebody who is standing on their high pedestal in academia talking down to everyone. They want to talk to someone who just smoked a joint and wants to talk about the science behind that. That's so much more relatable and they trust you so much more. They're not calling you like a narc constantly in all the comments. Right. People still sometimes do because I'm not, you know, physically smoking on the internet. And I mean, I can't do that. I would get removed immediately. Um, But (laughs) I think it does help with the trust and really listening to someone who's part of the community rather than this outside person trying to, talk about cannabis even though they've never used cannabis right just from a a pure intellectual standpoint you know it's like anytime i read a study i go okay but who's funding this study that is like the results are very clearly anti-weed like what's going on here oh my god Um, so you're right It, it it speaks to your trust to know that you are a stoner or that you would maybe describe yourself that way um yeah but you're also a scientist so like you know, I, there's a certain type of stoner who, like, I just, I just trust implicitly that, like, you're on the side of science, but you're also on the side of cannabis. But science is going to win every time. You're going to speak the true science, you know, no matter what. That's that's something that's really important to me, at least. Yeah, and it's also a component of bridging the gap with with um, TikTok and with Instagram or something like that. You can't, if I were to just recite what an abstract says on a peer reviewed publication, nobody would watch that video. If I'm using all this cryptic language that's used in the publication scene, that doesn't make sense to anyone. Like the goal is to break that down into digestible chunks that are interesting enough for people to listen to. So a huge challenge with social media education is keeping people's attention, which is something I didn't (laughs) even consider when I started making the content. I mean, you need to constantly be like engaging, using these like specific words and tones just to get people interested in what you're saying. And then if you do it correctly, you could, you could reach 2 million people with that information. And if you do a really bad job, you might reach 500 people, but it's all based on right. you know how you're presenting that information. Man. And it really is as somebody who's been in the social media game a long time and it, for a lot of different areas, um, it, you're, you're so right. Like you've got it's tones, it's, uh, you know, pauses, even pauses are important. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, and when you've got such important information like this, and let's be honest, like sexy, attractive information, even that, even the sexiness of it alone, isn't enough in today's market for social media. You, it's got to be curated in the very specific way. And you honestly, you just do such a good job at it. So I I applaud you for that. I, I really appreciate that. And honestly, what you're saying too, is what makes social media very toxic because the things that get the most attention are the things that are radical and the things that are often not even true but you know that you'll get enough people's attention that people will interact with it and it will go viral even if it's not true and that's one of the most frustrating things about social media is if you're just speaking the facts sometimes it's just not as interesting as someone right literally (laughs) speaking out of their ass about any subject (laughs) Totally. Um, so uh, really quick, I was curious. So you said 14 years old, smoked the first time, um, you know, got eventually PhD and basically studying cannabis all the time and, and talking about it all the time. So how does that happen? Are you a stoner who's like, okay, I really got to know, like, how do, how do you Riley Kirk become, you know, cannabis chem from a teenage stoner? What's the path there? Yeah, so I've always used cannabis, even while I was studying, to help me understand abstract concepts. So I know this is not Hmm. um, normal, (laughs) but, you know, (laughs) if I just... It, even in undergraduate or in high school or something, if I were to study something, I'd say, okay, like I get that. That's kind of cool. But if I will smoke and then I'll read about it and then I draw something or I paint something and I'm looking at it, it's so much more interesting and it has so much more depth. And cannabis has always helped me connect concepts in, in unique ways. So, I mean, I always say I would not have gotten through my PhD without cannabis because I was, <laughs> I was the only one I knew in grad school that consistently used cannabis. 
And I did extremely yeah. well with research and my coursework because I would just relax, smoke a little weed, and then look at all the information and I would understand it so much better. It's not just like bullet points I need to memorize. It's things that are really important in the world and nature and how can I use this in other ways? And that creativity that cannabis allowed me really like excelled the way that I made my way through graduate school and beyond. I, I find it's, I love talking to, I love talking to specifically productive stoners who can say things like that. And I just totally get it um, because I am so used to, you know, I'm a pastor's kid. Uh, so I grew up pretty religious um, but I had a pastor dad who my whole life told me that uh, I should try LSD. And if I ever wanted to, he would buy it for me and, and be my sitter. Um, so I had a cool pastor. <laughs> I had a very cool pastor dad, um, but I did grow up in that evangelical stream and went to a Christian school. So I'm like, I'll, even today, a lot of my friends, like they know I am high almost 24 hours a day. I use because of neuropathy. I did not use cannabis before I was 32, which was two oh, years wow. ago. Yeah. And it just, it changed my life. So I have neuropathy in my feet. I cannot feel my feet without it. And um, so I, I have a lot of friends today who are just like, you know, they think that, I don't know, they they think that I must lose control. Like I never have control over my faculties. And it's just like, you don't, you don't understand. I feel like I have more control than I've ever had in my entire life. When you were talking about it, it helps you kind of zoom out and zoom in. Like it's exactly how I feel about things like studying things. I can see the big picture, but then it allows me to be like, okay, but let's get really into this very specific part of it. Uh, and, and I never had that before. And I think the trick, because I haven't always been like a productive stoner. The trick is to just pick something up. Like don't just sit in a couch and watch TV. I mean, that's kind of how you get into this like black hole of nothing. If you pick anything up, you are going to have fun doing it. But the the hard part is to actually initiate that step into doing something, whether it's, as I mentioned, whether you're reading, whether you're painting, whether you're writing a poem, uh, whether you're going for a walk in nature, uh, you have to get up and do something. Sometimes, of course, like not everyone's able to just like get up and do something all the time and whatever. And a lot of people are using cannabis to relax and lay down and let their mind shut off and go to sleep. And that's, and that's okay. That's totally okay. But if you're yeah. looking to If, if be, that's one of the set intentions that you have exactly. for cannabis, that's fine. Exactly. Set intention. So it's like you got to think about what you're using the plant for and then whatever you're using the plant for, you initiate the next step after that. If you want to be productive, you need to pick mm -hmm. something up. If you want to relax, yep. go lay down. It's it's all about what you want out of the plant. Man, I love I love hearing people say that. One thing that I say very often to um, just anybody when I'm talking about cannabis, but especially new users or people who are showing new interest in it. Um, I kind of, you know, I'm sure all of us have our like um, different like Ferris wheel of different phrases we turn to. I, one of my favorites is uh, cannabis is a great tool, but a wicked master. Um, I compare it very often to breaking a stallion, where if you just get on a stallion and say, OK, well, I, I just want the experience of being on a stallion. It's going to do whatever it wants. But if you break the stallion and you set an intention and say, well, I need to use this stallion to do this, to accomplish this task, cannabis wants to follow intentions. You know, so let's take it away from horses. I live on a horse ranch in Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you just smoke weed and go, well, uh, you know, I just I just want to see what this does to me. Well, it's going to do whatever the fuck it wants. And nine times out of 10, it's probably going to put you on your ass and you're, and you're going to fall asleep and do nothing. But if you set an intention before you smoke, you're like, well, I really have this, this important deadline and I have to focus on it. And I just, I can't be distracted by anything for me. Cannabis does that for me. me. Too. It, Absolutely. It, it like totally hears that intention and goes, okay, everything else that I would normally do, I'm going to shut it out. We're just going to make this guy feel good and focus his ass off. Yep. And for what it you is. Know, anxiety too. Um, but and that's definitely dose dependent. But I think something I also notice for a lot of people is they haven't learned how to listen to their body yet. And if you don't mm. know how to listen to your body, cannabis, you might not be ready for cannabis, or at least you could do a very low dose of cannabis, but you really need to be aware of your body and how different products make you feel. Just blindly yeah. taking a bunch of different products 
isn't really helpful. You're not really learning anything about yourself when you're um, just, mm -hmm. you know, grabbing anything and just taking it. So I think, um, you know, I always recommend for new people to have like a little notebook and just to write down, um, I took this product and this dose and it made me feel this way. Okay, great. So you're learning. So next time, was that enough? Was that not enough? You can adjust from there, move on, try a different product if you didn't like that one. And, and as you said, have intention so you can write. If my intention was to feel less anxious, you can write at the bottom, did this make you feel less anxious? Like, yes or no. And, you know, go from there. Yeah, and honestly, and I think it's worth it. I when I first got into it, I spent the money to like have not just like a spare notebook, but I spent the money to have like, hey, this is a notebook that is designed for you to track. There are some great products out there. There's even some great digital products out there, applications for your phone that you can do the same exact thing. I like pen on paper. It, it just helps me learn a little bit better. Me too. Um, but if you're one of those people, I know that EO Care is one of those things, applications, they have that. Um, and then a great company called Golden Leaf does notebooks that are great for patient journals, things like that. Um, so I want to talk, we both said that we want to talk about um, the endocannabinoid system and what it is. And like, uh, when I, <laughs> I tell you what, when my wife, when we, when I first started getting into cannabis, she's, she grew up religious and, you know, there's just a little bit of hesitation, like some trepidation that comes along with this field. And um, we were, I would make her watch all these documentaries. The fact that it did so much for my neuropathy was huge for her. She's like, okay, there's something here. Um, but then we would watch these documentaries and they would start talking about the, <laughs> the endocannabinoid system and she'd go, so we're, we're fucking designed for this. And I'm like, mm -hmm, yep. <laughs> so what is the endocannabinoid system, Riley? Yeah. So the endocannabinoid system is a system in our body that not only we have, but every mammal on earth has and almost every animal on earth has. Um, and it's a system. I like to compare it just for ease of thinking of it, like a cardiovascular system, a skeletal system, an endocannabinoid system. So it's spread out through every organ, every tissue, throughout your entire body. You have an endocannabinoid system. So the system consists of different parts. So our body actually makes molecules that are similar to the molecules that are made in the cannabis plant. They're similar acting. They're not similar looking, but still. Right. <laughs> so our body makes <laughs> these um, endocannabinoids, which is the name of these compounds, and they act on receptors in our body, which are your cannabinoid 1 receptor and your cannabinoid 2 receptor. Uh, there are some like other kind of peripheral receptors, but we're not going to talk about those. The reason that cannabis seems to help with literally everything is because of the <laughs> endocannabinoid system and what the endocannabinoid system does. The endocannabinoid system essentially regulates every other system in your body. So I always think uh, if you think of it like a river, a river flows in one direction, right? So think of that river flowing as like your dopamine, your serotonin, your GABA, all these other systems are flowing in one direction. The endocannabinoid system is flowing the opposite way. So the, the really cool thing about this is that the endocannabinoid system is the only system that can actually shut off things that are overactive in your body. It's a regulatory system. It can stop things that are overactive. So a really good example of this is chronic pain. Because with a lot of chronic pain, it's actually not a painful stimulus that's making you feel pain. It's just that your body's kind of generating that painful feeling with literally no pain. It's just sending pain signals to your brain. So the way that cannabis can help with chronic pain issues is it can actually turn off some of those some of those signals that are telling your brain that you're in pain. It can actually like not not um I could, I should say it should it would reduce the amount of those signals that are reaching your brain. And that's not just for chronic pain. It's for any overactive system in your brain and that's well in your body like anxiety exactly yeah. and that's why we, yeah. we say that the system helps maintain homeostasis or maintain balance so if you have any of these systems in your body that are unbalanced that that are just dysregulated they're kind of going crazy using cannabis can help balance out those systems and bring balance because <laughs> it can so crazy it can turn off valves and nothing else can not the way that the endocannabinoid system can 
it's so it's so hard to hear somebody um, with your knowledge and uh, I, I don't know if pedigree is the right right word, but your your background. Um, it's very hard to hear hear all that and and then and then know that our government, the U.S. government, is like no medical benefits at all. Schedule one, no medical benefits. Yeah, <laughs> it can help everything else in your body, but zero medical benefits which to is this drug. Honestly, the funniest thing because there are multiple FDA approved pharmaceutical drugs that are literally from cannabis. We have one that's THC, which is Marinol, and we have one that's CBD, yep. which is Epidiolex. They're literally <laughs> FDA approved drugs for certain conditions but we're just ignoring that i guess and saying that there's absolutely no medical benefits well it's also i mean the u.s government has a patent on um on a cannabis i, I believe a cannabis treatment and so they meanwhile that they, they, they've got this patent that says there's there's medical worth to it but they <laughs> They also say there's zero. Anyway. So um, so the the compounds in cannabis, when you're smoking or you're eating or you're taking a tincture or whatever, uh, those compounds act on that same system that the compounds that our body makes act on. So it's kind of supplementing that system by providing these additional compounds to act on those receptors. So you can kind of amplify that system. So sorry, I just wanted to finish that. Yeah, no, that uh, that's perfect because my question was going to be, you know, you, you, we have this system and you say that these compounds that are in cannabis um, aren't, they don't look like them, but like they, they act the same way of the compounds that our own body makes up. And it's, so my question was going to be about, are we meant to be using cannabis or, or are, are we supposed to be able to be making these compounds in our body? to a sufficient degree and we're just not able to anymore? Like what's going on? Yeah, so there's there's a theory about this called clinical endocannabinoid deficiency or CED. It's a theory developed by Dr. Ethan Russo. And it's that certain GI disorders, certain mental health disorders, fibromyalgia, these are all linked to people not producing enough of these endocannabinoids in our body. And that's why using cannabis is so beneficial for this group of people because they're supplementing their body with something that they're not making enough of. So, man, I, I, it is so crazy to hear you say that. Cause like I, I have said, one of the overwhelming things I've always said about cannabis is that it makes me feel like everybody else must feel like, like I just, I would say to my wife, I feel normal for the first time in my life. For the first time, I don't feel like everybody's looking at me like a weirdo. Yeah. And I honestly believe that a lot of people are much more benefited from using cannabis every day than not. And that's why I also don't recommend that the people who feel the way you do ever take a tolerance break. I think it's much more detrimental than it is good. You can always reduce the amount of cannabis you're using, but completely stopping for a few weeks, a month, um, that might not be good at all for your body. And again, you, you have to learn to listen to your body. And if you start to decrease the amount and you're starting to feel really bad, then maybe use a little bit more. You you really have to be aware, especially when you feel like cannabis is part of your normal health routine. You have to be aware of, you know, how much you're taking and if it's necessary or not. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, there's so much, like I, I love conversations like this. I, I would love, I can already tell that I would love to have you on again um, because there's so many different places that we could go. Um, but one of the main things that I said that I wanted to talk to you about is the idea of overconsumption and, and what that looks like. Because to me, it looks different uh, person to person. And uh, the other, one of the main things I want to talk to you about, the, the, the way that I know I have overconsumed is I will, uh, out of nowhere, uh, start to shiver and shake. If I really, if I really calm my brain down and, and really think about it, I realize I'm not cold. I'm not shivering. I am shaking, Yeah, but my, is it's almost like my brain too? interprets mm-hmm, yeah. all muscles and, yeah. and, and it's THC induced hypothermia and Absolutely. it's fascinating to me. What is going on? Yeah. So, I mean, we don't know like completely everything that's going on here, but it's thought that a lot of this has to do with uh, like your blood vessels dilating throughout your body okay. and that they've been that way for a long time. If you're over consuming over time, it's 
it's stressful on your body to have that like hyper state of of like dilation i felt that way too and there's really like no research on exactly why this happens but we do know your endocannabinoid system also helps regulate your body temperature and that likely likely that's thrown off so actually this is a really good point about overconsumption too is uh the endocannabinoid system can help bring your body to balance to homeostasis but if you overdo cannabis you're gonna throw that off kilter again and you're gonna return to a dysregulated state because you've you've taken this system that is meant to like bring balance and you've overloaded it so now that system doesn't even know what to do and it's kind of going all over the place and you experience adverse effects from it so um that's why you know using as little as you can to get the benefits that you're looking for is kind of the goal to keep your tolerance at a certain uh, point. For some people, actually getting a tolerance is a beneficial thing. Some people actually produce too many CB1 receptors and that can lead to some adverse effects. So building a tolerance can actually remove some of those CB1 receptors and that can be helpful for some people, but for other people that's not helpful and now the medicine isn't working as well. So it's a balancing act. The The entire um, manipulation of your endocannabinoid system is is absolutely a balancing act and Different, Man, I love that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. And different compounds are uh, in the cannabis plant are going to cause different effects. As you mentioned, it was THC induced hypothermia. So most of the adverse effects that we're experiencing from heavy cannabis users are all linked to heavy THC products. It's not um, it's not heavy CBD products or CBG products. <laughs> it's usually the you know the the dabs that are extremely high in thc or a flower that's now like 35 40 percent thc um or you know a mixture of those products or an edible that's like 100 milligrams and you're used to taking five milligrams um all of these cases can cause extremely uncomfortable adverse effects well let's let's talk about um we've talked about some different cannabinoids now you you say co- compounds i say cannabinoids i know you do as well um uh I love CBG. So uh, I think the pro- I think the biggest problem that I see from people who are just not aware of cannabis is they don't understand that it's more than just THC. They don't. They don't. Even even heavy users don't. I mean, all of us know people who are percentage chasers. You know, THC percentage chasers on when they buy, and I'm like, okay, but what are the other? what's the other cannabinoid profile of the flower? And they're like, I don't, I don't know. It's 32% THC. I'm like, but what, you have no idea what it's going to do to you. Then you only know how the THC is going to affect you. And, and honestly, that's kind of my, my goal with this podcast. Like I want to help people under learn their cannabinoids and, and learn the profiles and get away from these marketing terms of sativa and indica. It, it's, it means nothing. You have to learn, you have to learn these cannabinoids and set intentions. I think let's talk about some cannabinoids. Oh my God, right? Yeah. I, I think part of the issue here and it's, it's nobody's fault, but I think a lot of people don't really know what a molecule, a cannabinoid, uh, you know, when they don't know what these are. So talking about, literally you're talking in acronyms to people you're like oh have you tried cbg cbd thc like (laughs) and they're all like okay i'm new to cannabis what are you talking about like i just want to i just want weed um but unfortunately you kind of do need to study it a little bit to really learn it and i'm not saying study it like you know uh like reading a bunch of peer-reviewed papers but there are some books that are but hey do that too (laughs) i mean if you can if you can absolutely do that too but yeah so i think most people are familiar with THC, it's the compound that gets you high because it binds to those CB1 receptors. Um, And then the probably next best known compound is CBD. And um, for any listeners, uh, if you're not familiar with hemp products, uh, hemp and cannabis, they're the same thing, but hemp is just producing less than 0.3% THC, but it's still the cannabis plant. Um, So hemp products uh, are 
or hemp is very high in CBD. CBD has a ton of benefits in your body. It's very promiscuous, so it doesn't just act on CB1 receptors. It's acting on a bunch of systems in your body. It's really well known for its anti-inflammatory benefits. Um, so a lot of people who have like chronic inflammation, whether it's in your gut or on your skin, um, they will use CBD products. But something that's really cool about CBD and the reason I use it the most is CBD mixed with THC flour. Like if you have a flour that has both in it or if you add some hemp right. flour, um, it can reduce the um, psychoactive effects. So I'm someone who likes to feel high, but I hate feeling too high, like I am not an anxious person, but I will get anxious if I do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so we know that people feel really anxious or they have very adverse mental effects from using too high THC products. So the CBD can actually prevent some of those THC molecules from binding to your CB1 receptor. So then you your brain won't get overloaded because CBD is present to kind of kick off some of those molecules so you don't feel overwhelmed. So... All, yeah. all the it's like a nice, it, it holds the hand of THC. And exactly. Goes, okay, just yeah. Settle, settle down. down a yeah. over They're not looking for that. Yeah. So yeah. I like to use flour that always has CBD in it, but it's really hard to find, like you said, because THC sells and you can't blame a dispensary for stocking the products that sell the best. You know, they, yeah. they want to sell cannabis products and people think they're getting a better bang for their buck when they see a 35% THC flower compared to a 20% THC flower and a you know 15% CBD flower. Um yeah. And then well, have you found 15% CBD flower? <laughs> I you, oh man, the most I can find is Five. like 6 7%. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um so then CBG is really interesting too. Uh CBG That's my favorite. Yeah, CBG is really cool and you actually do feel something from if you're using like straight up CBD. Mm -hmm. I mean CBG, you do feel something. CBG has been shown to be very good for pain, so people who suffer from chronic pain, CBG is an awesome uh option because even though it's a tiny bit psychoactive, it's not going to make you feel like blitzed high. It's just going to, you're just going to yeah. feel a tiny bit different. Uh, so it's a great for daytime use. Um, and again, a lot of hemp varieties are grown to produce a lot of CBG and not a lot of other compounds. So it is legal to purchase if you're looking for that kind of flower, or you can just buy products that have CBG in it. Another cool uh, cannabinoid that we talk about a lot is CBN. Uh, or mm. cannabinol, CBN is known to help people Go to sleep. sleep a lot. So we don't have a ton of data on that, but there's enough anecdotal evidence that it absolutely does help. And that's likely because it binds to the same receptor as THC, but just less strongly. So, And it, does it bind because it isn't it? In fact, it's just degraded THC. Is yeah, that right? Yeah. So it's uh, a, yeah. if you were to take, <laughs> listen, I'm, I, I don't have your, uh, your background, your degrees or anything, but I'm a nerd. I'm yeah. a nerd about this. So shit. <laughs> the compounds, both THC and CBN are extremely related. So, yeah. CBN is what we call a degradation product of THC. So it's a degraded THC molecule. So whether you had a THC product and you just left it in the light or oxygen, it would eventually turn into right. CBN. But also when you're smoking, the uh, the heat, the fire is turning much of that THC into CBN, which is part of the reason why smoking feels different than these other consumption methods like Edibles. Right. You, let's talk. Let's talk about consumption methods. I, I think I've heard you say that like burning is your preferred consumption method. Is that right? Yeah. So I'm I'm like a joint person all day. That's my favorite way to consume. I do yeah. consume a bunch of different ways, but my go to is joints. I love them. Do you, so um, one of the doctors, uh, his name is uh, Ben Kaplan. I talked to him quite a bit. And he's not anti-burning. He's just like, I mean, listen, if you're, you know, if you're wanting to get the nutrients from a vegetable, you don't, you don't light it on fire and then inhale it. And I always, I'm just like, man, there is something to be said there. He's a big proponent of vaporization. Like, he's like, I don't like, if you want to use heat, that's great. But he's like, I just don't like seeing the plant destroyed. I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. I mean, the plant's. It is being destroyed, but you're inhaling those beneficial compounds. So um, we study smoke. That's kind of what we study at the company I work for, Smokinol, Profound Naturals. So um, 
What we think is so special about smoking compared to vaping or other consumption methods is what we call this like transformation. So not only is THC converting to CBN, but there are hundreds of different reactions happening that are converting these yeah. different cannabinoids into these different compounds. Um, and that's what we make products out of. But those are why we think people prefer smoking over other consumption methods. And we know people have been smoking cannabis for thousands of years. And if it was that bad for you, we'd probably have some evidence by now that like people right. were suffering <laughs> from that. So, I mean, I live by like a you do you mentality. I personally, part of the reason I really enjoy smoking and specifically smoking joints is again, the process and the intention of it. Because mm -hmm. if I were to just buy a one gram cart every time I went to a dispensary or something like that, I could, I could be hitting that right now on this podcast and like just, you know, constantly. Um, but with joints, it's okay, I'm picking out the flour that I want to use, and then I'm grinding it up. And then I'm putting it in my paper, and then I'm rolling it up. Then I'm walking outside, and I'm smoking outside. And through this whole process, I'm, I have an intention, like I'm thinking about why I'm using cannabis, what I'm going to do after I smoke, you know, I'm really thinking about it. And I think some of these other methods are too easy to use. Um, and you don't you kind of lose part of that intention. With that being said, um, I always tell people like people come up to me all the time and say, it hurts when I smoke. And I'm like, then don't do it. <laughs> then don't do that. <laughs> Remember when Riley was talking about listening to your body? <laughs> yeah, they're like, it burns. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, stop doing it. So, I mean, like my my dad had had a neck cancer and he used to always smoke. And now he just does edibles. And I think that's yeah. I think that's a very rational approach. You know, if you're uncomfortable with smoking, uh, then try edibles, try, I think dry herb vaping is an awesome option. Uh, my, my husband's mom, I just gave her dry herb vape cause she had trouble sleeping. She loves the dry herb vape. So I think for a lot of people who are apprehensive about smoking, then vaping is an awesome option. I think it is safer for your lungs, um, for, you know, smoking anything is bad for you. Um, but I think it's also, you know, if, if you find the benefits of smoking and if you can use a relatively um, safe amount, then I think it's totally fine to, to smoke. I would agree. I, and it's, you kind of touched on it a little bit when you said that people have been smoking cannabis for thousands of years, there's, there's something, it's kind of a sacred act in my head. Like it just, there's something special about it that all of these other methods don't get they just don't they can't even touch it it's weird and it makes me sound woo woo and like i'm some mystical whatever but there's something there there's no, something about I, it i am also woo woo to the extreme so don't even worry <laughs> about that so i i recently got a volcano and um nice have you used a volcano i have the ariser uh one of the arisers so okay. it's basically the same thing yeah so it's just so funny to me like this like peak German engineering thing is me vaping yeah. out of a bag. And it's just like, I, I can't like take myself seriously when I'm using it. I actually, I actually really enjoy the effects from it. I think it's really nice. And if I'm, if I'm like watching TV or something, that's something I would do. Cause it, it smells your house up less and you know, it's yeah. there. It's a nice tabletop thing, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's weird, like smoking out of a electric device or like vaping out of electric device, having a little little robot you're vaping out of. It's always just a little weird to me. I like just having a little piece of paper with a little bit of flour and going for a little walk. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we uh, like I said, we we lived in Wisconsin and now we're in we're like we we fell ass backwards into a golden opportunity and I won't bore you with it, but my wife is a nanny for a ranching family. And so I, my dream has been to live in the Rocky mountains, my entire adult life. And now literally my front porch is a, like, you would, you wouldn't believe the view. And so like when I smoke joints, I smoke joints there. And it's just like, all right, why would I, why would I choose vaping over this? This is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> but so at the same time, I will say like certain people who are using cannabis for chronic pain or anxiety or something that you need to kind of low dose throughout the day. I think that's yeah. a great, great way to use vapes is they're accessible, discreet, like easy for sure. And, 
and especially with like a portable dryer vape or any dryer vape, um, like I have the Mighty by the same company that does I the do Volcano. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, th- that's really good for somebody like me who is a nerd about the cannabinoids that they want to get because you can, s- different cannabinoids come out at different temperatures. And so maybe I want to focus on this temperature and not really care about the THC. So uh, there, there are different tr- tools. Uh, one, I honestly think that one of the hardest things for new stoners or people who are getting into cannabis for the first time is there is a, there is a giant learning curve. If you want to use it properly, if if you just want to get the feeling of weed make me feel good, fine. I I could I could give you something and say take a low dose of this every time you want to feel good. But if you really truly want to unlock what this could be for you, you, you have to be willing to put in the work to learn. And that's the hardest thing for people to get over. They don't want to work. I agree. But I will also say like certain people who are trying to get off pharmaceutical medications or something else, they actually really do care. Often they want to say like, you know, how is this helping me? What is this, you know, what dose should I take? And then they'll, they will experiment. And eventually many of them actually do get off SSRIs or other medications as well. And I think that's really empowering to them to know that they were in control of their own medicine. They bought products, they dosed themselves, they put themselves on a regimen and it worked for them. And they did not have to go through a physician. They didn't have to buy these pills from a pharmacy. They were able to treat those symptoms themselves. And that's when, like, as you said, they kind of become cannabis nerds. They start to read these publications. <laughs> they start to research it more. They they buy books on it and they become incredibly educated. And that's kind of like the goal, I think, for a lot of people is to become one of those success stories. Well, and you know, you, you saying all that, it makes me, that is my story of, I, I, I didn't try cannabis. Like I said, till I was 32, it was after a diabetes diagnosis. The neuropathy from diabetes had taken away all feeling from my feet in six months. I lost hundred pounds. I control my diabetes with uh, diet and exercise alone. I'm not on insulin. I've never been on metformin, nothing like that. Um, was diagnosed with a A1C of 13.5, three months later, it was 5.1 where it's been at or below ever since. So wow. I'm doing really good. And, and cannabis, it was it, that journey. I, I did six months of just like really taking care of my health and learning my body and learning how to hear from it. And if I didn't do that, if I didn't take the time to do that, if I found cannabis before that time, cannabis would have taken over my life. But it, it really, it, it totally is. It made me a nerd of like, okay, wow, this one strain, um, lilac diesel, it, it's a, it's really making me feel different. Like not only does it take away the pain, but I think I can actually feel where I couldn't before in my feet. Wow. And I had a, I had a theory that it was the, the CBG. And so I started buying more products with more CBG content and it's, it's the CBG. So like it, it really does. If, if you can somehow make it personal early on for you, you'll want to learn all this nerdy shit. I promise you. Um, but if, if you don't want to learn it, at least talk to somebody who has, <laughs> that's honestly, that's my goal is like, just let's get beyond that. Weed feels good, but it can be so much more. Yeah. And I, I mean, I feel for bud tenders too, because I feel like mm. they're on the front lines of like getting all these questions, but they're, you know, the companies aren't really providing them with any like proper training. So they're just kind of put up on the front lines to teach everyone about cannabis, whereas we need better resources. I know there's some, you know, there's these certain institutions that are having these classes, but again, they're $500 or $1,000 to learn about cannabis. We need more free education so people can learn about this. And it's not gate kept behind these incredibly high paywalls for people to just learn about plant medicine. There is a place for those types of classes and, and stuff that is behind a paywall. But I'm with you. I, this information to me, it's just so important. It, it was life-changing for me. And um you know, I mentioned that I was, I'm a pastor's kid. I was religious, brought up religiously. Cannabis became my new gospel. And I just like, I just want to shout it from the rooftops. Like I, I can't keep this inside me. It's unfair for me to have this information and, and not share it. It's just kind of like a spit in the face of my fellow man. And I know you feel the same way. And, and that's why you're doing what you're doing. It's like, 
kind of what holds the like cannabis community together too is this kind of almost religious feeling about this plant yeah. you know it saves so many people's lives it's given them hope when nothing else gave them hope it's taken them from like an extremely sedative state and and made them enjoy life now there's so many benefits to it and i think a lot of people are like why is this community so tight whether it's on instagram or if you go to these like different uh, events in the cannabis community people are extremely tight and it's it is because the plant has connected us it, everyone has a reason for why they use cannabis and i think it's something we can all kind of connect together on and it's super special and that's not part of every community yeah you know we uh, the community the cannabis community there's a lot of references to the root of the of the plant and like how how we're all tied in with the roots and it sounds so woo woo but i mean it is like i mean we just i i, I look at other cannabis users serious cannabis users uh, people who use with intention. That's how I'll say it. And I know that I have kindred. They're a kindred to me, you know, like I, there's just something there and it doesn't matter what walk of life they're from. And other way we might, we might disagree on a lot of stuff, but there's somebody who's connected to me in a way that I can't explain. And, and I'm just there for it. I'm here. Like, that's awesome to me. And so I'm, I'm there for it. And if you're um, at Riley, an event, I, Sorry, we don't need to include this. I was just saying, like, if you're at an event and you like spark up a joint, like immediately yeah. you have five friends. Like, it's just totally. it's a way to, you know, get and, people together. And you, you know, a very significant thing about each and one of those, every single one of those five people. You know, you know, intrinsically, you know something about them that that is not really even. You can't even vocalize it. Totally. Um, we could talk forever. I've loved I this. I've loved it so much. I, I don't get a whole lot of um, conversations with people who can nerd out about this like I do. That was me and Riley Kirk once again. Uh, do us a favor. Go follow her. Check her stuff, her socials. You can find it in our show notes down below or scroll. However you get to it in your app, click the links. Go find her stuff. She's awesome. She's amazing. That's going to do it for us today, except I will leave you with one final piece. I told you we would do a segment called A Time You Took the High Road. And luckily, at the end of my interview with Riley, I did ask her for a time that she took the high road. This is like not a good story, but it's the only one I can think think of. So, um, and I probably should not be sharing this, but I'm going to anyway. So I, um, I use cannabis a lot when I'm like driving for long distances because it makes a long drive more fun. I'm with you. <laughs> so I was with my friend Liz and we we're like always traveling together. And I mean, there was a car like... 300 yards in front of me on the highway and I'm like slamming on my brakes because I think that they're closer and I'm like oh my god like I'm like I must need glasses so then you know I go to an optometrist or optimo it was an optometrist you know get glasses whatever so does Liz we both get glasses and then we realize we don't need glasses we just need to stop driving high all the time <laughs> <laughs> So I spent like $500 on glasses and then I'm like, wow, oh, I'm just a, I'm just an idiot. So good time. That is that is <laughs> certainly a time that you took the high road. I'll I'll give you that as well. High Friends is a production of Mortarbox Media. We'd like to thank our friends at Billow Premium Cannabis in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, for being among the highest quality buds that we know. Time to